Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah, where we look at our unique church, oh, in this unique land of Utah. And I am your host, Craig Worth from the Diocese, and today's special guest, the Reverend Charles Robinson, the priest at St. Luke's in Park City. Now, I've always loved the approach that Father Charles Robinson and St. Luke's uses in faith. Um, to kind of paraphrase, I see it as thinking globally and being open to all kinds of thought, perhaps even new ideas. And my goodness, this was the year of new ideas. Services online, services in the parking lot, and it was at Christmas when we all sat in our cars in the parking lot at St. Luke's and watched Father Charles Robinson preach on a stage to our car radios, kind of like a drive-in. And I said at that point, okay, he's the one to chat about this unusual year. When that's how it finished on a cold night in a parking lot at St. Luke's for midnight mass. And uh, not quite midnight, I think I was there at 6.30, but it felt like midnight, it was dark and cold. And that brings us to our first question, how could our churches possibly reach our congregations this year with all the restrictions? What worked, what didn't? And that should fill an hour. So let's just start first. Father, what first worked? What, what seemed to work as you look back at this year? Well, I mean, nothing, uh, I can't think of a single thing that worked for everybody. Um, it's, you know, our church is a mixed bag and uh, what works well for one person doesn't work so well for the other. So we've, we tried here at St. Luke's to, um, to do a couple of things. Uh, we started out uh, very early by forming um, what we call our community connections team. Uh, and that's just simply a good old, uh, you know, uh, get a group of folks that are willing to stay in touch with others and divide the community into um, equal groups and um, say, please, you know, you've got eight names on your list. Please stay in touch with these eight households. Um, so we did that. Uh, of course, we went to a uh, recording of a virtual service of Holy Eucharist each Thursday that was then a uh, edited on Friday and then uploaded on YouTube on Saturday. Uh, and we've been doing that for a long time. And um, I get, in terms of, you know, you, uh, you can look on YouTube to see how many people have viewed your video. And we get a roughly the same viewership each week on average that we would get in a Sunday morning uh, gathering. Actually, it's been a little bit below that, but, but close enough, close enough. So probably that gang that would show up most Sundays on a Sunday morning or watching the YouTube videos. Um, and then um, in addition to that, we've done a couple of live Zoom services. Occasionally we'll do them under a special occasion. We'll do like morning prayer on a Sunday morning and we'll just do that live on Zoom and have people participate. Um, so all of those have been a, somewhat effective, um, but none of them are like the, I would say, or the answer. It's a 
I think it's all a little piece of the puzzle. Unfortunately, it looks like we have months to go, four or five months even, uh, before we can gather again like we used to, or maybe we'll never like we used to. Um, do you see anything that you would recommend that uh, churches can do after all this? Uh, uh, or is it uh, just to continue on like we are and call this the great experiment? Oh, well, certainly, yeah, I, I don't have any grand insights. I know that one of the things that we've discovered um, is that it's important, uh, again, you have to follow the safety protocols, but if you can at least occasionally do something together that is um, mission-oriented or, or, or even socially oriented, um, that really seems to boost morale, especially for the that core 20% of people that you know want to be are usually very involved in their parish. Um, we did a um, uh, a Saturday uh, kind of donations morning. This was back in November, I think, where we um, we had different stations scattered throughout the parking lot and you could pull in in your car. And if you stopped at station one, you could donate clothing for the road home for the homeless shelter. If you go to station two, you'd be donating to some other mission enterprise um, like the, the local, I think we were also collecting for the Christian center, which is in Park City. Um, the closest thing to that we have to a real social service agency for the poor. Uh, you went, if you went to another station, you uh, could donate some, uh, something for St. Luke's, et cetera. So we had a, a continual stream of cars coming into the parking lot and it gave us a chance, gave people a chance to feel connected to the church. It gave us a, a chance, an opportunity to sort of exercise our mission, uh, um, our missionary spirit of reaching out outside the boundaries of our own parish community to, to help others. And it allowed those of us that were involved, those who, of us that volunteered to actually, again, physically distant, but actually see um, some of our members that we hadn't seen for months because of the pandemic. And so that, so we determined after that morning that we would try to schedule something Whenever there was a good excuse for doing that, you know, um, Christmas Eve, we did the uh, in-car thing, and then we're going to be doing some, another thing on uh, Shrove Tuesday, uh, where we um, invite people to come by in their cars. We're, just anything to help us just maintain that little tad of face-to-face -face social connection. Um, I, I see us that that being something we carry forward as well as all the the Zoom and the videotaping and those other kind of enterprises. I, I think as a, just somebody who uh, is, sits in the pews, I never realized how important it is or just to talk to others. And that, that was uh, difficult. Uh, you have some uh, really, really good people on your vestry that served as greeters and things like that, or even check it. I never thought it would be, uh, uh, you know, I'd look forward to having my temperature taken because at least. <laughs> right. 
right. Yeah, there it is. And and again, I uh, got to know by about seven words that I've said to some of your your vestry members or whatever who took temperature or have somebody say, why don't you park there? You know, that's that's some form of contact, how important that is. Yeah. And that brings me though to the fact that your church, your congregation is very well known for having very deep conversations. And again, you have made that one of your tenets of the worship is to listen to others respectfully and peacefully and have these meaningful dialogues more than your temperature is 98.4, 98.6. But um, in, and I know uh, you did so much with the Better Angels product, uh, Project and other forums. Uh, we weren't able to have those types of conversations. Um, it, it just doesn't work by Zoom, does it, to do that? Or are you finding that there's such a thirst to have those conversations that you, you can do that? Well, um, boy, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, it, it isn't the same experience, let's put it that way. Um, the, I, I, there really is something about us uh, at the psychobiological spiritual level that um, real physical contact um, has an energy that brings an energy with it that uh, looking at each other on a screen simply doesn't doesn't bring um, having said that we did have a project for deeper understanding forum in December um, I didn't initiate it. It was initiated by Summit County. The county contacted me and said, uh, Charles, we are, we'd like to have a community forum about how the business community here in Park City can stay open for business during the ski season and at the same time keep everybody safe. Um, and so we did. We had a, a uh, a, an online Zoom forum uh, that had a panel of nine panelists, uh, a very talented moderator, and just under 300 people who were participating online. And um, from a strictly a sharing of information uh, standpoint, it was it it worked beautifully. It was it it was very well done. Uh, the moderator did a great job of keeping things moving, and I think people that listened learned a lot. There was a lot of really good information shared. Um, would we have preferred to meet in person? Absolutely. Uh, uh, no doubt about it, but it, this was uh, a good second, second choice. And you're listening to the Utah Epochopalians podcast. Of the Diocese of Utah, I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese, and our guest today is the Reverend Charles Robinson, the priest at St. Luke's in Park City. And normally at this point is where I'd always say, and there's two wonderful places you can go to church. <laughs> but unfortunately, I can say you can go to a really fine parking lot when it's warmer and uh, it has some really nice trees that I've noticed. Uh, but um, certainly, again, we will at some point um, be able to visit those uh, churches. 
But this brings us though, when we've talked about these meaningful conversations and certainly Sunday service and worship is meaningful. And as we are in Epiphany, and then we're going to go into Lent and Easter, obviously uh, the worship is fundamentally wonderful in that it's necessary to conversation. But I have to ask you too, as one who is kind of um, our go-to person for how do we respectfully and peacefully listen to each other? And if I could ask you, you know, we have never seen the country like it is, it's two nations. What can our church do in this uniting process, particularly when we're meeting on Zoom? I know that if you have the answer to that, um, it would be right on the headline of CNN on here's what we have. <laughs> here's the answer, the solution. Yeah, the solution. But my goodness, you're going to be uh, straddled with that. Our congregation at St. Luke's expects that type of wisdom and leadership from you and from our church and the Episcopal Church, which isn't afraid to tackle topics like that. And particularly your ministry has definitely uh, tackled topics like that. Where are we? What are you going to say this Sunday? What are you going to say that uh, maybe we all can benefit from as one who has done so much to bring people together? Well, I um, we, the, the clergy have been gathering uh, each Thursday with Bishop Hayashi um, on Zoom, and we talked about this last last Thursday together. Um, in fact, he was very gracious in giving us virtually the whole hour just so that each of us could kind of share our response to uh, the uh, attack on the Capitol. And... Um, uh, what I chose to talk about was that I, I view this terrible event and this terrible polarization as a, an opportunity for the church to reclaim its mission. Uh, if you look in, in the Book of Common Prayer in the um, Catechism, you, you'll find a question that says, what is the mission of the Episcopal Church? And the answer is to restore, to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. So we're a little church that says that our self-understanding, the, the reason we perceive ourselves to exist, our, our work in the world is, is to be these agents, these people that are concerned about reconciliation, about helping to heal the wounds of families and communities and states, and in this case, nations, uh, where there is division, where there is misunderstanding, where there is uh, brokenness. That, that's our work. And so I, I've, I've occasionally allowed myself to fantasize, well, what would it be like if my church um, and if every parish in the Episcopal Church actually took that on as their work in their local community? Every Episcopal Church becomes a place of conversation uh, between people with differing points of view. Um, every Episcopal Church becomes a safe place 
for people to come and listen to each other and to safely and respectfully disagree. What, what kind of impact could that have across the nation if every one of our local congregations began to do that work? So I, I think this is, this is a very difficult, awful time. And it's also an opportunity for us to reclaim our self-understanding and, and get busy. Um, reconciliation work is the hardest there is. Um, and it can be done. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm mindful of the work of Bishop Tutu uh, in the, in the, in the uh, reconciliation commission that he headed up uh, in South Africa following the fall of apartheid. I mean, just the most incredible depths of antipathy and paranoia and mistrust between people. And yet he walked into that place, into that environment and invited people to begin to listen to each other in a way that they just simply hadn't been before and healing began to, to happen. I think we have to think long-term, Craig. This has to be a long, we, we can't be thinking that this is gonna be a quick, easy fix. We, we didn't get ourselves into this situation quickly uh, and we're not gonna get ourselves out quickly, but we can get busy doing the work. Um, and I, 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 so I think this is an opportunity for us. Do you think church, uh, and I speak of church collectively, that this is the time that people are turning to it, that it has become, perhaps even if we're on Zoom, if we're meeting in parking lots, who knows where we're meeting, but that people have turned to church. You talk about that your YouTube has maintained that uh, uh, viewership and knowing full well that uh, many people are sampling online. We've seen it throughout the diocese. Are people looking, are people seeking? And is church, this is the time for church to be relevant? Well, it's, it, you know, I mean, this is the thing that's kind of heartbreaking for me personally. Um, yes, people are desperately hungry for a way out of this situation that we've gotten ourselves into. Um, uh, I mean, you have to be way off on the fringe uh, not to be looking for some way to heal, heal the nation. I'm afraid, though, that um, um, that the church is not the first place that people think of. Um, the history of North American religion is, has not been largely one of reconciliation with people that you disagree with. Um, the history of religion has been, and our and our reputation has been such that. Uh, we're, we function as a kind of cultural tribe, and if you say the right things and dress the right way and, you know, sound and look like us, you're in. Uh, if you introduce something new and different, well, everybody gets uncomfortable and you're out. So uh, we have to repent ourselves a little bit and, again, reclaim this self-understanding that we have said, wherever that came from, and I think it comes right out of our Anglican history. Um, we have said that we understand our work to be that of, of reconciliation in the world, to restore all people, not some people, not people that look just like us or, or think just like me 
uh, restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ or in, in, in the work of love itself. So, um, yeah, I, I, think that, I think if we could, as churches, begin to see that our, our soul is in this missional place of bringing people together and helping them heal, rather than on demanding that everybody look and think like us, be religious in the exact same way, um, I, we could make a tremendous contribution to the healing of the country. I think our history, you know, uh, our rootedness in, in Jesus of Nazareth, um, with his uh, commitment to love and compassion, provides us the bona fides to enter into that space and to, to make proclamation. But we've also got to do some things differently within our congregation so that we're more open to uh, difference of opinion among ourselves as well as with those outside. And so we've got some internal work and some external work, but it's all good stuff and it's all needs to be done. And, and I'm optimistic that we can, we can do some of it. Well, I know originally when we had talked to you, we were going to talk about, okay, online parking lots and all that. But of course, I appreciate the fact that we've been able to also talk to you about things that you have become a uh, just a real practitioner of, and that is that listening, that civic dialogue. Um, you have been a resource to Summit County and the people of, of this portion of Utah in addressing some of these uh, really, really difficult uh, and dividing topics, but trying to bring peace and understanding rather than merely debate. Um, and I guess on that type of a, of a subject, I look at some of the history you brought up, the Anglican Church, the Episcopal Church. I recall when our presiding bishop uh, years ago, uh, Bishop Hines, marched with Dr. King and, and um, received a lot of criticism uh, from people in our church. It's, it's sad that that was the case 50, 60 years ago. Um, uh, priests that would march against uh, the Vietnam War would uh, be asked to remove their collars by uh, vestries uh, throughout the country. And I mean, today, do you see that type of thing happening? Or are, I know your congregation knows and, and walks to uh, St. Luke's so that they can have that dialogue, but are you at least encouraged that internally we're getting a lot more support to really tackle some of these issues? I think so. I think it's, I think because of those, because, because we as a church have gone through those very, very arduous processes around the civil rights movement, um, the full acceptance of the inclusion of women in the uh, power structures of the church, and uh, and most recently, the full acceptance. And I think it has opened us up. I mean, I, I think we have become a congregation, um, a church that 
is in is in a a good position culturally to be these places of conversation um, where people can be respected no matter where they are um, uh, in their thinking. Well, it's a, a wonderful place of hope that we can uh, leave this conversation, which again, I appreciate uh, has um, covered a couple topics and whether it's on Zoom, YouTube, in the parking lot, or we do another thing in the cars, uh, keep in mind that the Episcopal Church is a place to talk, and certainly uh, St. Luke's, uh, we've, you can find it at, on the website, St. Luke's in Park City, and um, I think for interesting conversation, but also for an interesting approach to how we can do church at this time, and we have some months left, take a look at St. Luke's and our other churches. You've been listening to the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah. I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese, and thanks again to the Reverend Charles Robinson. Thank you. Thank you, Craig.